Paul talks about is um, how when the Spirit of God is at work in the people of Jesus, when they get together, when they're following Jesus on the kingdom adventure in bringing his love to the world, there's these little phrases through the Bible that sound like this, what the Spirit is saying to the church, what the Spirit is saying to the church. In other words, the Holy Spirit is actively speaking the things that are on God's heart to God's people for the sake of the world. And so I just wanted to stop for a moment because over the last few months, God has been saying a lot to us here, particularly at Pine Rivers Vineyard. And I just want to ask a question. Hello? <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you actually stopped to listen to what he's been saying? And I, 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 so this morning I want to take just a little bit of a recap on the, the amount, the amount of what he's been saying uh, to us. Um, have you ever been sitting, though, at a dinner table... <laughs> Um, you know, you're out with friends or you're out with in company or it might even happen at your own house. I mean, our dinner table is pretty much the couch six days of the week. Maybe on a special occasion we actually get around a table table. But most of the time we sit around the couch together eating. And, and there's usually, while we're having a meal together, about, I don't know, amongst us, probably, you know, ten devices that we're also plugged into at the the same time as we're sitting around together. You know, phones, TVs, internet. It's, we're like super connected to all of these things while we're trying to be with each other. And often, um, you can, we can be in a conversation with each other. So I'm just letting you have a little snapshot of, you know, Delaney household when we eat dinner together. Usually when we're having dinner together, uh, we can be, someone can be talking about something the whatever's on the TV will be trying to get our attention as well and then we, we might be mid-mouthful and someone will say something about something and maybe sometimes one of us might catch what that person said but for most of the time it kind of just kind of we hear something <laughs> we know someone said something and it, but it kind of just jets in one ear and then jets out the other ear just as quickly. We don't really listen to each other. We kind of, we hear there's someone saying something. But, but that's about where it lands. And, and sometimes we even like get really deep and meaningful with each other. Uh, but then when we get deep and meaningful with each other, usually uh, we might actually sort of drop our head and start doing some of these either because we're finding the D&M a little bit too awkward, a little bit too real, or just not interested <laughs> in listening to each other. I'm not sure what your household's like, but that's a bit of a snapshot at our house most of the time. But in the midst of all of that, every now and then we have these really awesome moments where suddenly we, we hear each other. We have these really amazing moments where... It's like with clarity, we hear each other. And those, things are those moments are pretty special moments. 
Um, but, you know, we're, we're fighting most of the time, like, not with each other, but with the context of being plugged into continual streams of moment-by-moment thoughts, moment-by-moment agendas and whims and obsessions and judgments and perspectives and more. And it's really hard to unplug. It's really hard to quieten that stuff down so that we can really hear each other. And so this morning I'm asking, would you, and you can do it because as followers of Jesus, one of the things that God gives us is his Holy Spirit. And one of the generous fruits of the Holy Spirit when we partner with God is this thing called self-control. It's where we can actually tell ourselves, hey, stop that, listen up, and focus. We, 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 we get to bring our will into partnership with the Holy Spirit who has been breathed into us and poured over us and empowers us to be able to listen and, and, and take on board what God is saying to us. And I want to encourage you this morning, partner with the Holy Spirit and listen to what God has to say to you and to me and to us. Um, in the last two months, here at Pine Rivers Vineyard, we have been blessed incredibly from the Holy Spirit encouragement that has come through some very um, wonderful people. Wonderful people. Uh, you may remember in mid-August, that's not so long ago, but boy, a lot happens in a short amount of time, doesn't it? But like mid-August, you may remember Ken was here. And we were all here pursuing, when Ken Fish was here, we were all pursuing a fresh sense of empowerment to coming out of the COVID years and God, fill us with your spirit that we can do the things of Jesus again. Help us to get out of the sludge and move forward in what you're doing with the kingdom again. This sense of activation. And Ken came with this, this great sense of teaching and in inviting the Holy Spirit, but, but the key word that he, that he offered to us was this, was abiding in Jesus. Did you hear it? Or did it sort of visit the ear on the right and just as quick exit stage left? Or your preferred ear might be your left ear, I'm not sure. But, but did you hear it? Did you hear the invitation that God was bringing to you and to me and to us from the Holy Spirit as he's speaking to us about abiding in Jesus. What about a couple of weeks, three weeks ago, we had that funny English couple here, the Mumfords, that funny English couple, John and Eleanor Mumford from the Global Vineyard family of churches. And did you hear the message that John brought? John brought this incredible message about how weakness is the way of God in how he demonstrates his power. Weakness. Did we hear that one? Did it land? Is it working its way out in us? 
and through us? What's the, what's the invitation that God's asking to us there? And what about last week? How amazing was Karen? Karen Scully from the Liberty Vineyard from Atlanta, Georgia. She came to us last week and she gives us this invitation from God saying, there's more. You know, she put the little Demtel ad on Tim. I haven't seen Tim from Demtel for years. But anyway, anyway, Tim from Demtel was on the big screen there saying, there's more, there's always more. And just when you think you've got enough or there's enough knives in your knife block, wait, there's more. And she just went through this beautiful invitation of how God through the scriptures and God has revealed to to us through Jesus, this continual invitation to, there's more. Just when you think you've, you've arrived, God meets you there again and says, no, hang on, I've got more for you. I've got not, not just more for you to understand about yourself and not just more for you to experience, but to know of who I am, God. There's more. Three incredible people who brought to us what I believe were three very anointed invitations from God. And we know they're anointed because you look at the response of people to them. I mean, there's there's more people up the front here getting ministry than in months. I mean, I think I've been cracking out some good sermons, but these guys, these guys, there's an anointing on them that's just like, that the, the grace of God, it, was, it, was, it had a, a pungency, it had a potency, it had a, a, a sense of, you know, the pneumer of God, the wind of God on it that was catching people's lives, was catching their hearts, and they were responding. They were coming out of where they were and into the invitations of God. And I want to say to you this morning, please, 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 Lean into those invitations. You know, one of the things, if I was to start like this, there's, a, there's an account in the book of um, Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, so the start of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, and, and Deuteronomy, that's part of what those first five books of the Bible is what the people of Israel, the Jewish people, hold so dear. They call it the Torah. It's the revelation of God. And, and that's our story too. But in Deuteronomy, the story there is God has now liberated his people from underneath the powers and the gods of Egypt where they'd been living in oppression and living in exile from all of God's promises. And then what God does is he sets them free from underneath the rule of Pharaoh and as he brings them out, he's saying to them, through a bloke called Moses. He's saying to him, I'm going to give you your own place of living and how to do life. And it's going to be, a, as you do life with me, it's not just for you. It's going to literally bless the entire world. And every single person on the planet will be blessed. Now, as I'm bringing you in, here's like some really, really, Good tips in our best language. (laughs) Good tips. Invitations from God about how to do life together. And one of the things he says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 
he says this in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. He says this. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, you've got to understand something. When when God, through Moses, was saying this to his people as they're about to come in, he's not saying... Here's some good information for you to listen to, park on the shelf, and then intermittently, whenever life gets a bit sucky and hard, reach for it and go, where are you, God? Where? Come on, give us some of your good stuff. Grease the wheel again so that I can live a better life than I'm living. Get me out of the muck that I'm in so that I can enjoy life. No, that's not what's going on here. That might be the way we approach God. But that's not what's going on here. What's going on here is he says, the first words he says is, Hear, O Israel. And then the next bit he says is, Do this with all your heart, with all your soul. Now your soul, that's your mind, your will, your body, your soul, everything that constitutes who you are. With everything and all of your strength and capacity, love God and love others. Now, oh, sorry, just love God. Jesus picks up on this and requotes it in the Gospels and he adds, hey, a new commandment I give you. Love God like that and love your neighbours as you love yourself. It's like, who the heck does Jesus think he is to take God's words and add to them? Well, hello, he is God revealed. So it gives him authority to do that. But so to listen to something is to live something. To listen to something and not live it is not listening. It's not listening. Listening in the, in the truest sense of the word is even as this is hitting my, my ear my inner person, my mind, my will, my heart, my everything, as I'm hearing this come to me, I know that as it touches me, it will manifestly transform who I am and the way I actually live what I've just heard. To listen is to live. God's not interested in filling the airspace with the sound of his own voice. He's a lot more secure than that. So when God speaks, he's not giving you an invitation to more information. When he speaks, he's saying, listen up, because I'm about to bring you across a threshold and fully transform your life to a scale and a moment and a way that you could have never possibly dreamed up on your own. I'm about to bring you into who you truly are and what you've been always made for. So when God sends these people to us and they say these key words to us like, abide, the way of God is weakness and it confounds the wisdom of the philosophers and the power-hungry people of this world. And there's more. Are we listening? Are we listening 
And are we partnering with what we're hearing the Holy Spirit saying? Hello? That's my question today. Hello? Let's just quickly jump onto that next slide. Thanks, Jake, up there. John 15. Let's just abiding in Jesus. Let's, just a few thoughts here. Not going to hold you in these spaces for a long time this morning. Just a few thoughts. Abiding in Jesus as the Lord. In John 15, Jesus says, I, verse 1, I am the true vine. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can your life bear fruit unless you remain in me. Abide. The Greek word is the word meno. It means to dwell, continue in, tarry. In other words, wait, wait in the vine for the vine's life to flow through. Wait, endure. In other words, there's lots of elements that will seek to come against the work of the vine in your life. But the other thing that Jesus says there is, I am the true vine. So what Jesus is saying is, I'm making a distinction between myself and every other thing that you've plugged your life into in the hope that it will feed you life. He's making a distinction. Your addictions won't fill fill you and feed you, uh, give you life. They will take from you. Your anxiety will fill you, but again, it will take from you. It won't it won't give you life. Jesus is asking, "Let me be the distinctive vine that you have placed your life in, and let the life that courses through me, as God." fully revealed in a human form. Let my life flow through you. Now remain in me. Get connected to me. Choose to disconnect from everything and everyone else that's robbing you of true life. Now what does life look like? It looks like Jesus. When we say life, we mean Jesus. When we say love, we mean Jesus. Are we plugged into and letting the life of Jesus flow through us, feeding our sense of self, giving us our true identity, giving us our true sense of purpose, giving us a sense of authority to be able to contend with all of the spiritual dynamics that we live in every day that want to confound us and come against us and in the context of all of the culture and political activity and correctness and all of the isms and philosophies that are bouncing all over the place, all over our TVs, our news channels, our news feeds 24-7. Jesus is saying, remain in me, tarry in me, continue in me. Let the life of me flow through you. And then ultimately, Jesus, Jesus, the one who says, I'm the real deal, I'm the true vine, he then goes to the, he then trusts the life and love of his father to go to the cross, take on all of the power of sin and death, our shame, and do it all in our place and for us, 
and in then and then through his resurrection say to us here it is it's all grace it's all for you all you need do is just say thank you turn to me remain in the vine are you are you connected to jesus i can't i can't I don't know everyone's story in this room. There's faces of people I don't know here. I don't know your whole story. My question to you today would be, are you connected to Jesus? And are you aware of every other thing that you're connected to that you've, you've reached towards in the hope that it would give you life and fruitful living and a sense of purpose and hope, but it's actually taken from you and it's bankrupting you? And it's tearing you away and it's tearing you down. My encouragement to you is these words of Jesus. He says, plug into me, remain in me. And it's in a moment like that when we put Jesus up there as a distinction, we begin to see clearly all of the distinctions of the things that actually we, we are connected to that are not him. There's many vines wanting you to abide in their vision and their power and their picture of life when you're reaching out for hope. But there's only one vine that has lived, died and resurrected and lives forevermore and that vine is Jesus. Do you seemingly have a fruitlessness around your life? Are you tired of trying to make life happen so you won't have to live life like those other people do? Are you, are you worn out from trying to procurate for yourself a preferred destiny? Are you exhausted from all of that effort? Are you experiencing the powerful invitation of living a life in God, with God, through Jesus? How much of the supernatural power of Jesus are you experiencing flowing through your life right now? Through the decisions, his wisdom, his mind, his authority, his security, his identity, and his manifest power. How much of that's flowing through your everyday living and breathing and going out and coming in? Through your sleeping, through your waking, through your eating, where, how much of him is flowing? And do you want to see, as Karen would say to us, Karen Scully, she would say, there's more. Just, you think you've had enough and you think, oh, oh that's it, that's enough for me. I couldn't, I couldn't do any more. No, no. Jesus from Kingdom Tell is on the big screen saying, wait, there's more. There's more for you. What an amazing God. Abiding in Jesus. Let's jump onto the next slide. Thanks, Jake. Next slide. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.25. This John was talking to us about this the other week. John Mumford. For the foolishness of God. Now, I just put in uh, brackets there, the foolishness of God. Because if you jump from verse um, uh, 25 there and you go back to verse 1, in that chapter, he's actually saying the foolishness of God is that God would turn up as a human being and go to a cross 
taking on the sin of the world and the powers of darkness and let his life be crucified as a sacrifice, as a gracious gift for anyone and everyone, not sure if anything or anyone would even say thank you on the other side of it, but would go there because of the greatness of his love for his, his father and for the creation through whom it's all been made. He, turn, he, he says to everyone, this foolishness, this, this, how would God subject himself to this form of human torture and say it's the wisdom of God? And, and, and the, it confounds, Paul talks about it, he says, the philosophers just don't get it because they're caught up in their human reasoning. They, the power-hungry leaders of the world, the ones that have got all the money and the guns, they don't get it either. Putin doesn't get it. The ones that are striving to be the most politically correct, the ones that are just trying to like lord it over everyone to say what you can and cannot say anymore, they don't get it. God subjects himself to this to confound the wisdom of this world. See, the wisdom of the world says take up more guns, get more politically correct, gather, amass riches for yourself because no one and nothing can be trusted. If you don't have enough money, you will never live a happy life. The, that's the wisdom of this world and it's, and it's fueled by human brokenness and it's fueled by powers, spiritual powers that are at work, that are in rebellion to God, that are trying to blind the world. Romans talks about this. Paul talks about this. He says, the God of this age has blinded the eyes of this world. And yet in his mercy, there comes these moments of clarity when we actually give ourselves over to listening to this invitation from God, where God says, here, meet me right here. Meet me right here. I'm the vine. Meet me right here and I will meet you, and I will break the power of every other power that wants to try and shape your life and have, you know, tell you what life's all about. I will break it. I will break it over you. I will break it in you, and I'll break it through you for the sake of the world, and you will come alive on the other side of that thing in resurrection hope, you'll be able to stand in a world gone crazy and somehow live another story of hope. Hello? Hello? How free are we to realise that truly living human life it's not about having a profile. It's not about being an influencer. It's not about being better than the rest or more qualified. It's got nothing to do with any of that. And it's got everything to do with coming alive to who God intended us to be as his good creatures, filled with his love, blessing the world. One of the things that we've given ourselves to, and I love this about who we are as the vineyard, we've given ourselves to being these this culture and these people who say, come as you are. Don't, don't, don't put on any airs and graces around us because we'll smell it and we'll sniff it out and we'll say, that ain't welcome. 
Don't come here and do this churchy stuff. Don't, don't come here with that. Don't come here with trying to be religious. Don't come here with trying to be morally right with God to be able to walk in the building so it won't fall in on you. Don't come here. That's, that's not how we come here. We come as we are. You can't, you can't step over the threshold into the community of Jesus any other way. You have to come as you are. Now, that means all of the sin stuff that you're battling with last night, this morning, and even the arguments you had with your loved one and yourself on your way here today. You're battling with that stuff. You're battling with your sense of doubt, your sense of low self-esteem. You're battling with all of the lies and the mantras of, of, that are running around in your head. Come with all of that. Don't try and come any other way. Come as you are. Man, don't wear, I mean, don't make it about the gear you wear. Although sometimes on a Sunday I like to dress up a little. Most of the week I'm T-shirts and flip-flops and jeans, but I like to wear covered shoes on a, a Sunday. That's nice, you know. Dress up a little. I like that. Uh, it's not about that, is it? It's got nothing to do with that. Come as you are. This is what I love about this place because what we're saying is we're going to turn up as we are, God. We're going to turn up to you and to each other just the way we are and we're going to watch you do something more than we could have ever imagined or dreamed. You're going to touch us with your love. You're going to transform our lives with your power. You're going to bring your kingdom and break through and we're going to see ourselves come fully alive. Now, Come as you are, absolutely. Tell, tell, turn to someone nearby you and just say, come as you are. Now, turn to each other and say, I love it when you come as you are. <laughs> Do you? Do you really? Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. That means bringing all of the awkward bits all of the hard bits, the, you know, the shameful bits, come as you are. Just come as you are. Now, here's the thing. When we get together like this and we come as we are, the Spirit of God's moving in the room and he's doing stuff in people's lives, stuff that we can see and stuff that we can't see because it's going on in the deeper places. But you're not going to leave here the same as you came. Because what God's going to do is he's going to do this work in you that says, I'm going to love you into wholeness. I'm going to love you into fruitfulness. I'm going to love you into freedom. I'm going to bring you into life in all of its fullness. Come as you are, but I guarantee you, well, I guarantee you there's an opportunity for you to leave different people. But that's on you and that's on your conversation with Jesus today. Because in our weakness, like John reminded us, we get transformed by God's love. By, we, we get shaped by his mercy. We get set free by his forgiveness. We truly become his workmanship. 
that in our weaknesses we recognise our inability to make life happen on our terms, control the people that we want to control and make life more palatable for us. We realise we can't do this. We can't perform so that others will think we're somehow more acceptable to them. We can't even try harder to be more morally good or spiritually acceptable before God. We can't. We come because um, we've realised that God's love, his overwhelming love, is bigger, more powerful, more gracious, more welcoming, more transforming than the nagging reality of our sin addictions and brokenness. And therefore, we've realised, I am, am weak, but you, Jesus, are strong. And if you read a little bit further on in 1 Corinthians 1, he talks there about how Jesus is, Paul talks about how Jesus is the wisdom of God for us, the thought life that we're always meant to have. It's his righteousness that makes everything right and beautiful and brand new between you and God and ourselves and each other. It's his holiness that brings us into a new way of looking at each other. When we see each other, it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you, you are God's creation and I see you. And he talks about being God's redemption for all of us. Lastly, Karen said last week, there is always more. And she made this little statement. I, I heard it and I thought, I've got to write that down. That is brilliant. And she made this little comment about how really where these, to be Jesus' people is we're really just a group of people who are choosing to move towards God one decision at a time. Just one decision at a time. So my question is, what is the decision that Jesus is asking of you in a moment like this? What's the conversation he's having and saying, would you step towards me just one more time? A little bit closer. Now for some of us, we're just like, I'm just, I, from where I am to where you are, Jesus, I just want to jump across every hill and valley and go all in, all under, right here, right now. But for some of us in this room, we are, I hear you, I recognise you, and I'm considering the call that you're extending towards me right now. And I'm going to say yes, but I need you to know, God, I can only come just one step in a moment like this. That so blesses the heart of God that you would give him your yes, one decision at a time. Paul writes it like this in Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. Karen used this beautiful scripture. She says, Now unto him, and that is unto God, who is able to do immeasurably more than we could Ask or imagine according to his great power that's at work within us. Now, when he's talking about his great power, he's talking about the power that God spoke and brought creation into being. He's talking about, and that through the word of God, through Jesus, the Logos, the word of God, the, the rule and reign of God, Lord Jesus. He's talking about him, Jesus alive in us. 
He's talking about that power, that power that took on flesh, took on sin, death, and, and rose again on the third day. He's talking about that same power of resurrection and life. He's able to do immeasurably more than we can do for ourselves or that we could dream possible for ourselves. That power is at work in us. To him be great glory in Jesus' church and through Jesus to every generation forever and ever. There is more in God for each other to realise as to his love, his grace, his plans to prosper our lives and to see his kingdom come. And I love this little phrase that John Wimber, the founding father of this movement of churches that we belong to called the Vineyard, he always used to say this funny little phrase. He would say, I'm just a fat man trying to get to heaven. I love it. Because what he was saying in that moment, as much as far as I've gotten this far, I've come this far, but I've still got a long way to go. I've still got so much more to learn and so much more to experience until the day I get to be with Jesus. Are we, are we listening? Anybody listening? Remember, though, listening according to the Bible is an invitation to living a different life. Is, is anyone listening? See, God, I do believe God is calling us individually and as a local church. In, we are on the cusp of a new season. I sincerely believe it. There is too much happening to deny it. God's calling us into a new season. Are we listening? And are we willing to live what we hear him saying? If we go on to the last slide, thanks, Jake. The very last slide. There it is. James says it like this. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looked at. It's like, hang on a minute, I'm caught up in my own self so much I, for, I, I can't escape. I need to be, see myself again. And I need to see myself again because I'm caught up in myself. No, the invitation is hear God. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, that's the covenant of God's love in Jesus Christ, a new commandment I give to you, love God, heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbour like yourself. Come into the freedom of all of that new covenant. Don't forget it. Do it. And you'll be blessed in the doing. Why don't we stand and pray? Last slide, thanks, Jake. We'll be blessed in the doing. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your, um, your love towards each and every one of us. Abide 
weakness immeasurably more. Lord, in a moment like this, wow. (laughs) Holy Spirit, come. Come. We're coming as we are, God, and we're asking you would too. Come by the power of your Spirit. We're just going to wait a moment to listen to what God is saying to each of you. Just listen to what he's saying, knowing that he's inviting you into living differently. But listen. Listen.